COVID-19. Oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From the North Pole, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland, featuring entrepreneur Rob Kessler, inventor of the Million Dollar Collar. And now, this year's alternate reindeer, Ted Klopp and Ken Gordon. We're at Christmas week, Ted. I, I can't believe that first and foremost, but Certainly a very exciting time, spending time with my kids this past week. They're ready to roll for some Santa. Oh, yeah. This coming end of the week. We have the Christmas decoration that's got the countdown. You change the number each yes. day. So, we, oh, yeah, we're counting down. We have our elf on the shelf. Our elf's name is Magic. He <laughs> has been observing and moving, and he showed up once. In a snowman outfit, he showed up once. He had a blow-up slide. He's got all kinds of stuff that he wow, that's surprises impressive. us every show so often. And it's always, you know, everybody, oh, I'm going to be the first one to find magic. I'm going to be the first one to find magic. Oh, I, well, where's magic? Where's magic? And then if one of the kids tells the others where he is before they find him, oh, that's bad. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> Fair he enough. has yeah. left us a note a couple times. That's nice. He suggested that. The kids help mommy and daddy with cleaning the house and perhaps even select some toys that we could donate to other folks at Christmas time. And we have mentioned that several times to the kids who have um, not fulfilled that request from Magic yet. So, uh, gotcha. Fair enough. We'll see what Magic says about that here. He's, you know, his last day is the 24th so he's just got a couple days left certainly during this time we get i'm not going to say emotional but you start to think about uh, previous christmases obviously with sure. your family or when you were a child and stuff like that but is there one in particular when you were a child or as a dad that you remember the most well i remember that santa used to come to our house on christmas day because he was forgetful and he didn't deliver all the toys the night before and he would come back and oh, then there was he come one, during the day. Yeah, okay. he came back in the morning. And then there was one year when I, you know, he had come like four or five years. And then one year he, he didn't come, and I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of bummed that he didn't he didn't come back. But I remember that. I remember specifically some of the ornaments, and we had a light up Santa that we put at the base of the tree. We always got a a blue spruce Christmas tree, and I can remember my father struggling with the tree, trying to get it home, and then. <laughs> wrestling with it, trying to get it in the house. That was probably inappropriately entertaining for me, shall we say? Yes. Well, those are some of the, the memories that I have. What about you? Cutting down a tree. We did that a couple times. And obviously, I'm, I'm not very me mechanically inclined. And uh, Mr. Dworznik, who was on our show a few weeks ago, he's not that inclined either. So cutting down a tree was kind of a big deal. I remember trying to getting it in the house and getting needles all over the place and sap. And then you had to make sure you kept it watered. And then a couple of times the thing would dry out and just completely be dead. So fun times. I do remember some Santa would bring us on some scavenger hunts at times to find gifts and all that. So 
I do remember that. And obviously the, the first Christmases I had with, with both of my kids, uh, you know, certainly when they were first born. Yeah, I saw a post on Facebook that said this year in particular, maybe instead of asking for a lot of things, maybe we should just be thankful for what we already have. Yeah, that's well said. Well, coming up on the show, we have an inventor and an entrepreneur. It's all the same guy. Not two people. No, it's the same guy. Rob Kessler has held several jobs over his career. He most recently invented the million-dollar collar that Ken thinks the spokesman of which should be the million-dollar man. Yes, I do. So, Mr. Kessler has developed the million-dollar collar into a business. We're going to learn about all about that when he joins us. Also joining us, Fox 8's Scott Sable will be here. He's here to play forecast roulette. Later, we will hear a conversation between two doctors preparing for a COVID news conference, and they didn't know that the microphones in front of them were on at the time. Oh, boy. The details on that will come up in our misspeak of the week. We will take a trip down memory lane as the anniversary of the start of one of the most influential radio teams in Cleveland is this week. And we will talk about that group in This Week in Cleveland History. And I have prepared this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. It includes a guy suing his parents for thousands of dollars. And you won't believe why. Cleveland! This is for you! Ted, another edition of This Week in Cleveland History. This one's December 28th, 1976. I was one. Where were you at at that point in time? Fourth grade? I was five. Fourth grade. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I was five, and I wasn't listening to them yet, but would be eventually a big fan of theirs. And when we were talking about Jeff Kinsbach and Ed Flash Ferentz, who began an 18-year run as morning DJs on the WMMS Buzzard Morning Zoo. Those gentlemen were the first people that I heard on the radio uh, in the morning. My dad was a huge fan of that. Jeff Kinsbach and Ed Flash Ferentz, I mean, they were it when it came to morning radio in Cleveland. Ruby Cheeks was on the show at one yes. time, Len Boom Boom Goldberg, Mr. Leonard. I mean, the list goes on and on, but they were the two guys that were always there. Ed Flash Ferentz with that amazing voice and that laugh of his doing the news. And Jeff Kinsbach, kind of the conductor of it all, keeping them on track, keeping it together. And they were very influential in getting the Rock Hall to come to Cleveland. I mean, they took the, the effort for that to the, to the pavement and, and worked on that and several other things. Just a, an amazing run for them. Ed Flash Ferentz is now working for the Cleveland Municipal Court. And Jeff Kinsbach just recently retired, ending a 50-some-year run on the air. He retired from WONE down in Akron. Wow. They both started when in radio, not at WMMS, but in radio when they were 19 years old. Well, and that's what a lot of people did at that point in time, because you got to remember this. Radio was one of the biggest mediums there was during that time. I mean, early, you talk about the 70s, you talk about the 80s. I mean, everybody wanted to try to be on the radio because that's how you got heard. There was not all the internet radio and Mm -hmm. as much as a a big push there is as on TV and all that. So that's obviously much different now. But back in the day, Jeff and Flash, all you had to say was that and people knew exactly who that was all throughout 
uh, Northeast Ohio, as well as most of the state. Well, the other thing that they were the pioneers of was having the same segment on the air every morning at the same time. Yes. So in other words, you could time your morning commute or your listenership to, if I want to hear the token jokes, if I want to hear blow something up, I know that blow something up is on every morning at 7.50. And they, they were the first ones to say, we're going to do this at the same time every day. And that led to listeners that would time. They wouldn't look at the clock. They would time it by, okay, well, Jeff and Flash are doing blow something up. So I have five minutes until I need to get in the car. Just some great radio memories, once again, dating back to December 28th, 1976, with uh, Jeff Kinsbach and Ed Flash Ferentz beginning an 18-year run on the Buzzard Morning Zoo. And that's another This Week in Cleveland History. Cleveland! This is for you! I have a new segment on the show. It's called Five Questions with My Kid. My turn this week, and I have my eldest son with me who's going to ask me five questions. I get all kinds of questions all the time. And so five questions of any kind. You can ask me anything you'd like. What's question number one? Who's better? Yeah. The Steelers or the Browns? Oh, this is painful because you, for some reason, have developed a liking for (laughs) that team to the east. But obviously the Browns are better. Wrong. Okay. (laughs) What's question number two? Who will win... The Super Bowl. Well, right now, I would pick the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Okay. Got three more questions. Who is your favorite football player? Of all time or currently playing? All time. All time favorite football player is Brian Sipe. He was a quarterback for the Browns when I was growing up. What is your favorite video game? Favorite video game, Lego Star Wars. Got one more question. Who is your least favorite hockey team? My least favorite hockey team? Whoever you guys are playing in a given week. Is that not an acceptable answer? No? Does that work? Yeah. All right, there's five questions with my kid. Say goodbye, bud. Goodbye, bud. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Blah, blah, blah.
Our guest today is the inventor of something called the Million Dollar Collar. We're going to find out what that is. And he has built several other businesses from a spare bedroom in his house, among other places. He's an entrepreneur and an inventor. Let's welcome and let's talk with Rob Kessler. Rob, thanks for your time. And what is the Million Dollar Collar? I'm going to guess that it doesn't cost a million dollars for me to have a million dollar collar. No, no, it's, uh, I, you know, I was just thinking about it and the name just kind of popped in my head one day. So I thought <laughs> it had a nice ring. Everybody wants to look like a million bucks when the time counts. And um, so that's why I came up with the name. So basically million dollar collar is a collar stay, except it goes down the front of your shirt where your buttons and your holes are. So think collar stay, but nine inches long and down where the buttons and the holes are to prevent the front of your shirt from collapsing. That part's called the placket. And since nobody knows what a placket is, we didn't call it perfect placket. It's million dollar collar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That would be for someone like myself, Rob, to be honest with you. Like 97% <laughs> of the population doesn't know what a placket is, or a lot of them don't know how to pronounce it. So we actually came up with this great, my wife came up with this great phrase called placketitis. And that's when your placket is all collapsed. And that's what we cure is placketitis. But now you're just stacking on top of a word that nobody knows what it means, so it didn't really go anywhere yet. I was going to say, I thought I had that. I, I, I saw a podiatrist for that last week. He, he gave me some money. <laughs> took, took care of it right away. You came up with this great idea. What's the process and what's the timetable from when you come up with this great idea to when you get it to market? It all kind of hit me really on my wedding day, and my shirt just looked awful. And that was before I could say I do, I had the most beautiful bride on the planet and my shirt had totally failed me. Uh, <laughs> I am not a tie guy. I actually started an Instagram, the no tie guy, because I, I just hate them. Uh, and it might be from my used car sales days that I was forced to wear one when I was 20 years old, but I just didn't like them. So uh, after seeing in my pictures on my wedding day, we got married in Jamaica on the beach. So it was going to be a casual wedding. I came home, I started Googling to see if there was anything that fixed what I thought the problem was. And everything was focused on the collar it was, you know, working stiffs, magnetic collar stays, or there was some other kind of kitschy collar stay thing. But to me, the problem was in the front of the shirt. That's what was collapsing. That what was breaking down. And that's what didn't have enough reinforcement. So I literally cut open a shirt, stuffed a piece of cardboard down the front and showed my new bride and instantly her eyes lit up and was like, I know what you've been nagging about all these years because you know, when you go out at night or you're going somewhere special, you want to look good, you put on a dress shirt. It's like the go-to thing for guys. We don't have a lot of options. So the dress shirt, you know, to me needs to look the way that I, I want to feel. And it just didn't. So from that day, from that piece of cardboard till patent and perfected product was almost three years. Wow. My wow. Goodness, that's impressive. So you mentioned the million dollar collar and go tireless. Is that all the same product or is go tireless explain those two so million dollar collar is the technology if we want to call it that and go tireless was born out of years of us talking to every brand that we could to license our technology to them saying hey you already make dress shirts why not easily add our product to your shirt and have a better dress shirt and after years and years and years of talking to these guys, nobody doing it, we said, screw it. Let's just do our own shirt and show them that it is a differentiator. And so about a year ago, we launched our own shirt. It's called Go Tyless. It's the first shirt designed to be worn Tyless. Actually, our first version, this one, doesn't even have a top button. That's how committed we were to the, oh, wow. the Go Tyless thing. 
but yeah, we've got four colors. They sold insanely well through COVID and actually we had problems having more made because everybody had to make PPE. So they're two separate companies or two separate entities. Uh, Go Tylos features million dollar color technology. Is there other areas or is there other things that you're kind of looking at maybe outside of clothing or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm not like a clothing guy. I just saw a problem and went after this. So my wife and I actually own a yacht charter business here in Los Angeles. I was love boats. And when we first moved here, I ended up meeting a captain that had a couple boats and he was doing a charter business. And I just kind of saw his business and watched the other charter guys. I'm like, I feel like there's a hole in this market. So we went the totally opposite route of every other boat that's out there. We got an express cruiser. So it's a big, open, one-level, fast boat. And you know those guys are all concerned about saving fuel. We just built it into the price, and we built a really successful charter business in less than two years. Then a real estate investor, my wife and I own two commercial buildings with 32 offices between the two. I bought one when we moved to LA. I bought one back in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where she's from. Bought it sight unseen, filled it within a year, and flipped it for about three times what I paid for it. So wow. I like to find opportunities. Clearly, uh, uh, to say you're an entrepreneur, that might be a, a ridiculous understatement, but I'm looking at the, the things that you've been involved in. Obviously, we talked about Million Dollar Collar and Go Tylus. You've created a successful screen printing and embroidery business. You talked about used cars, talked about real estate and your yacht business. So you've created a number of companies. I'm curious... Uh, from a, a startup standpoint, these, if you look at them, they're all, they're all very different, but creating business, there are probably certain things that you are common that you have to do in order to get started. So if, if someone thinks they have an idea, what are some of those common things that when you start, if you need to want to be successful and who doesn't, what do you need to do? What are, what are some of those common things, no matter what the business is? To me, what I've learned from my father uh, and that my wife and I are really strong on is customer service. And it doesn't matter if it's an internet product or if it's you know a face-to-face product. Real estate's obviously very relationship-based. Uh, those are long processes, the long sale. The yacht charter business, you know, we, we get a booking and then we don't meet them until the day of, but we, we do everything we can to show them the best day possible. My wife is starting her own fitness company right now. She's always been into fitness and from day one of that company, we're talking about how can we touch the customer more times and more personally than other businesses do. So, you know, she's doing things like sending out a thank you card in the mail that somebody can get that, I mean, nobody's doing that. She's going to uh, shoot a little video and say, Hey, thanks for joining. It's been a week. I want to see you be successful. And, you know, maybe it's only for the first thousand customers, but that's enough to get that base, get that word out and really make people feel special. So I get emails all the time from customers that I respond as quickly as I possibly can. And I get thank you cards from them saying your customer service is unbelievable. Even for a totally digital online business, word of mouth is going to go a lot further if you can just treat that guy right. What is the one common adversity that I guess you've faced with the different businesses that you're a part of and the ones that you've been a part of as well? What's the one thing that you would say is very common with the adversities you face? Well, it always takes longer than you think it's going to. I mean, Million Dollar Collar, we've been selling for five years. And when I can talk to somebody and say, this is what I came up with, this is what the product is, they're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then we're in the market for five years and we're still 
trying to figure out what the right path is and get the, you know, the attention of the big guys in the, in a positive way. So, you know, the, the yacht charter business took us almost five months to get licensed through the city of Los Angeles. So, you know, they lumped us in with strip clubs and taxis. So I had to go in front of a judge and <laughs> I, I don't know, whatever, but you know, so there's always it all stuff seems to like it goes up. together. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the real estate with the offices, you know, we thought we were going to rent half of one building to one guy and that was a couple months. And we ended up deciding to just break that whole space down into eight little offices and then rent out each one of those individual offices. And so it just took a little bit longer. Once you get over that hump, man, it's, it's awesome. If, you, if someone is an entrepreneur similar to yourself and they're getting started and they have an idea, what is maybe one or two things that you would tell them, these are the things you should do first before moving forward? One is, is kind of have a plan, but be able to, to divert if the customer says that. Um, we initially launched a Kickstarter in 2014 while I was still developing the product. We did not get funded, but the unequivocal feedback was, why can't uh, I upgrade the shirts I already own? And why are you trying to compete? Why not license? So they said, don't make your own shirt. I want to upgrade the shirts I already know and love. So we made an aftermarket universal design, which is what we have now. And then we went to licensing. We went to talking to those guys. So I went from spending a fortune on inventorying shirts to only making one piece that fits in every single shirt. So you have to be able to pivot and listen to your customers uh, and find where the market is. Um, and two is, is just be patient and, um, and persevere. You know, it's the people that give up that, have great ideas. I mean, I'm seven years into this entire process and, you know, we're still grinding, we're still going, we're still working on it. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes it just takes longer, but once it does, you know, those are the guys that are successful. You're seeing them on Instagram and their Ferraris. That, that didn't happen overnight. <laughs> My 10 year overnight success is almost here. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> well, Rob, we appreciate the info. This is all very interesting. Now, before we let you go, can we get you to uh, stick around and uh, play a little game time with us? Let's play. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Time to play the game we all enjoy when our official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland joins us. Spock Sates Scott Sable is back. We have some international locations on the wheel this week, Scott. I know we were a little closer to our neck of the woods these last mm -hmm. couple times we played. So we've tried to expand the map, so to speak, on the wheel. So we'll see how that goes. Are you, are you, are all you, right, I'm ready. Okay. I think it's your turn to spin it. Okay, all right, here yeah, we go. Three, two, one, and... Do. Spin it. Spin it, there it goes. All right, I think I pulled a muscle I didn't know I had. But nonetheless, it is slowing down. And, okay, well, this is a, uh, a unique location. Beirut, Lebanon. Really? Beirut, Lebanon. Mm -hmm. What do you know about Beirut? Man, I don't know a lot about Beirut. Um, never been to the Middle East. Probably a lot of our viewers probably either. I don't know a lot. I mean, that's that's interesting. Um, I, how about you, Ken? Do you know anything about Beirut? I do. Just off the top of my head, I believe that's one of these cities and areas where men started to have beards. 
Really? Obviously, way before the time of Christ and all that sure. stuff. That's one of the first sure. areas where people were wearing beards socially, hmm. if you can believe that. Amazing so that that came to you right off the top of your head, too. Isn't that unbelievable? That that's is, just, wow. That's that's useless information as well. Yes, okay. So I guess the question for these two finely shaved gentlemen I'm talking to, as well as myself, <laughs> have you ever had a beard? Ted, we'll start with you. Yes, I have. I had wow. one for two or three years. Okay. Yeah. Scott, how about uh, yourself? I did, I did have a beard back let me think here. What year is it? 2020. It, you know, it was about four years ago. In fact, it was during, it was when the Browns went one in uh, 15. And so I always try to find a way on the air to, to grow my beard because I don't like to shave. You know, when you're on TV, you got to do the whole, sometimes the makeup thing and all that garbage. And so I went to my boss, I said, you know, it, and at the time it was like late August. And I, I, I said, do you mind if I grow my beard until the Browns win? Figuring that they would probably go maybe 0-2, 0-3 at the most. He goes, yeah, absolutely. So we're two weeks in, and he goes, "You sure you want to keep doing this?" I go, "Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna win something. Don't worry about it." So I started growing the beard right before like Labor Day weekend, and I didn't shave until when was it? It was right after Christmas. So without <laughs> trimming, without anything, I think I went like a hundred and what is that? One hundred and twenty days, whatever it was, and it kind of developed a life of its own because everyone thought that I was doing it because I wanted the Browns to lose to keep going, which wasn't the case. So either people were really ticked off that I was growing the beard or there was kind of this, you know, the polar opposite type thing. And I told myself, I'm just doing it just because I don't want to shave. So it developed a lot of traction. So I was coaching youth football, my son's team, one of the coaches, and two of the kids on the team, dad was one of the coaches on the Browns that year. He goes, yeah, you know, a lot of the players are seeing you do this and they think it's hilarious. So I was getting noticed for growing this ridiculously goofy, nasty looking beard, probably for the right reasons and the wrong reasons. So I really didn't know how to play it up. But anyway, make a long story short, we shaved it off on the air and I shaved it off in stages. So I had like the Fu Manchu yeah. and then the horse eye burns. Oh, it was great. <laughs> oh yeah. My, my, my kids loved it. I would stretch it out and fluff it up. There's pictures on Twitter. I have it on my weather blog. If you go to Scott's world of weather on my, my weather blog and type in beard, you'll see a whole bunch of pictures there. People started sending me beard oil and beard moisturizers. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and it's funny because I would get it in the mail and it would say, and the address wouldn't be me. The address line would be Scott's beard. That would yeah. be the name. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was actually my beard specifically. So that was the time that I haven't grown a beard since. So now it's probably coming in more gray, but that's a story for another time. As two middle-aged men, what was the reaction of your wife through this whole situation? Mm -hmm. Yes or no on the beard? She does like beards, but like well-groomed beards that maybe are about a week or two, you know, kind of like the hip thing that a lot of the you know, young kids are doing now. You know, anybody under the age of 30 to me as a kid. But it started getting to the point where after three or four weeks, she's like, God, this thing is just nasty. I mean, my kids are... <laughs> stuff in it and so she uh, she kind of stayed away from me for a while but yeah so it kind of slowly lost its luster over time with my wife let's put it that way. did you lose any children in the beard uh well my kid my daughter at the time would take sidewalk chalk and she if you wet sidewalk chalk you can actually color your hair with it and it just oh. dries and brushes right off so she would go get sidewalk chalk and color my beard gray or gray well gray pink so we had all sorts of colors going. I got some Christmas lights I hung from it. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> Christmas lights. That's Ken, have you ever had a beard? No. When I grow a beard, it looks like I've 
trying to recover from some kind of injury or it looks like I'm sick. So I've decided not to do that because I can't grow anything full. It comes in extremely blotchy. So it looks really bad. And now I'm older and it's all gray. It's just gray. So Mm -hmm. I I have opted not. All right. Well, now that we've uh, surveyed our uh, beards, can we get a forecast for Beirut, Lebanon? Yeah, so Beirut, Lebanon, uh, looks like they're going to have several chances of rain over the next three to four days. Highs in the low 70s and lows in the low 50s. Mm. All right. Well, hopefully all of our uh, friends listening in Beirut can handle that forecast. Scott, we thank you, and uh, we will uh, spin the wheel again here uh, soon. Anytime, guys. We'll talk to you later. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Miss Speak of the Week now, Ontario Canada's Associate Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Barbara Yaffe, and her colleague, Dr. David Williams, We're preparing for a COVID news conference and apparently didn't realize that the microphones in front of them were on. They were. Here's the conversation that ensued. I don't know why I bring all these papers. I never look at them. Oh, you're getting numbers I do. I go, oh, oh, oh. I just say whatever they write down for me. (laughs) Dr. Yaffe later released a statement saying, I do speak freely and have no notes for responding to questions from the media. She said the paper she was referring to in the clip are researched and vetted remarks from her communications team. The clip of the two doctors have been shared thousands of times on social media and responses have been, well, less than impressed. That is the misspeak of the week. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV. You've heard me talk about their top-notch rental services, but don't take my word for it. Here are some Google reviews. The Ohio Society of Association Executives says, not only do they meet every need we have, they anticipate additional services and requests that we have had and are always prepared. The Westside Catholic Center says, the elements they added to our event enhanced every aspect of the evening. Very easy to work with, incredibly knowledgeable, and made adjustments on the fly. Whether you are planning a virtual or an in-person event, Westminster AV should be your first call for dependable, professional, audiovisual equipment rentals. Call today, 216-325-6960. Again, the number, 216-325-6960. It's time to play one of our favorite games, What's the Price? This is a game. It will be a competition between our guests, Rob Kessler, the inventor of the Million Dollar Collar, and the City of Cleveland Father of the Month in November, Ted Klopp. <laughs> the idea of this game is to name the price of the product that I give a description of. Each contestant will give a price of the product. The winner will be whoever is closest to the price without going over. We will have three different products today. The winner will receive a very good prize today. Unlimited powdery snow from the Cleveland area. Uh, you can shovel yourself anywhere from 6 to 12 inches of snow if you like. And we have tons throughout the Northeast Ohio area. You can pick up your prize anytime you like. 
and can be picked up anytime between now and February. So guys, great prize today. Item number one is the Bigfoot Poly Snow Pusher. This is a 25 inch wide by 12 inches high poly blade cover, and it covers a wide area while resisting the sticking of snow. It's got a wooden handle and features a D-grip styling. Rob, you are the guest. What is your price on the Bigfoot Poly Snow Pusher? I think I had a knockoff version of this that I broke the first time I pushed it. I'm gonna say $34.95. I love that we're asking the guy that's in Los Angeles about a well, snow I know. I'm trying to give hey, you a little I, bit of I advantage, spent plenty of time Dad, in I do have Wisconsin. a prize later. So. Okay, I spent yeah. plenty of time in Wisconsin. Okay, fair enough. I Dad? have never heard of the, the Bigfoot, whatever you said there. I'll go with twenty-four ninety-five. Twenty-four ninety-five. Okay, the actual price of the Bigfoot Poly Snow Pusher is a surprising twenty ninety-nine. So oh. you guys both are a little bit high. I, I both agree with your answers, but a little bit high on that first item. Maybe okay. that was All the right. one that I bought. Okay, <laughs> 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 item number two. The okay. Toro Power Clear. 99cc four cycle single stage snow blower. This thing packs enough power to move more snow in less time. It's obviously dependable in cold weather starts. It throws snow up to 25 feet and clears up to 1,100 pounds of snow per minute. The auger rotor helps pull the snow blower forward when engaged, ideal on smooth surfaces. It's compact and the handle also collapses for easy steering. So, Ted, you are up first this time. What is your guess on the Toro Power Clear single stage snowblower? Boy, there's a mouthful. Some, some yep. of, somebody in marketing needs to come up with a better name than that. We'll talk to Rob oh. after the show. He can help him. I know he could. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with uh, $399. $399. $399. Okay. Yeah. Rob? I'm going to go with $1, Ken. Oh, $1. <laughs> That's a great move. One okay. 199 would have been my... How long have we been playing this game and we finally have somebody that did the strategy? You got a smart man here, there's no doubt. <laughs> watch prices right. Yep. Now here's the actual retail price. This is going to blow your mind. $3.99. Ted, you got it right on the button. Oh. <laughs> right on the button. Wow. Rob, I would have went the same as you. Too. Yeah, I bought my share, my share of snowblowers, so... Okay, Sounds so right. Ted is up. One nil, we're into item number three. Rob, you might have an advantage on this one. I'm just guessing. Okay. This is the Giantex six-foot surfboard, surfing surf beach ocean body foamy board. This is made of durable top foam and slick high-speed bottom. It's strong and responsive bottom skin that adds stiffness and maximizes board speed. This surfboard is designed with free leash and transaction pad, which is comfortable and convenient to use. There's also a fishtail that gives the board more hold and traction. This surfboard is ideal for kids, adults, children, beginners, and it's 72 inches by 20 inches by 3 inches in length. Rob, you're up first for the Giant Tech 6-foot surfboard, surfing, surf, beach, ocean, body, foamy board. That is tough. Surfboards can be all over the board. So I'm going to go with 99 bucks. $99 for Rob. Ted? Well, I know it looks like I have spent a ton of time surfing, <clears throat> but I will let the cat out of the bag and admit that the next time I'd be on a be I'd be on a surfboard and be the first. 
So I'm going to go ahead and uh, steal Rob's idea here. I will bid $1. $1. <laughs> okay. So Rob, 99 Ted, $1. The actual retail price of the six-foot surfboard is $189.99. So Rob, you get it. And All guess right. what? Since you're our guest... You're the winner. Congratulations. Yeah, you're the winner. All right. Yeah. Once again, you we'll receive truckloads of snow courtesy of the uh, of Cleveland. Pick up all the uh, snow piles you like of snow until February. And just a quick disclaimer, I would not eat the snow. It might not be suitable for eating because of the excess salt we have. I'll okay. leave it to you guys. You can, you can claim my prize. I'll take the win, but you can claim my prize. <laughs> We, we don't even revisit family during uh, those winter months anymore. Yeah, yeah. Last, last time we went home for Christmas, it was 22 below when we got on the airplane, and that was Oh, it. my gosh. Uh, nothing says welcome home like 22 below, huh? Yep. Well, Rob, if we want to learn more or purchase a million-dollar collar or a shirt that is a Go Tylus shirt, what's the best way to find those products? Everything is available on milliondollarcollar.com. Uh, we'll make it nice and easy. You can go to gotitles.com if you want, but Million Dollar Collar has everything. We actually also have a huge selection of other shirts that you may already know, Calvin Klein, Kenneth Cole, Tommy Hilfiger. We buy those shirts, install Million Dollar Collar, and sell shirts you already know and love with our technology in it. So you can either upgrade the shirts you own or look at our map. There's a map on there. There's probably a, a dry cleaner near you that already carries Million Dollar Collar. Or you could buy one of our shirts or one of the ones we already upgraded. So milliondollarcollar.com. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for the time, Rob. And uh, best of luck with whatever it is you're getting into next. Best of luck and continued success. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun today. The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips. It's Christmas week, but we don't have any Christmas stories in this week's collection of Klops Clips. Democratic Congressman Joe Cunningham lost his seat in last month's election. Hasn't said much since, but he had his final speech on the House floor last week and called out hypocrisy and divisiveness. But that's not all he did. Give a listen. For the betterment of this country, we have to come together. We have to sit down and listen to each other and maybe even have a beer. The spirit of the bipartisanship and cooperation, I raise this glass to my colleagues, both Democrats and Republicans. I yield back. The gentleman from South Carolina. There you go. Well, it sounded like the gentleman that spoke afterwards. It sounded like he had a couple already. But uh, that's some Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff right there. That's what you got. You're cracking open beers and chucking it down. Wow, good for him. Joe Cunningham. Now, he did not take a sip of the D.C. Pale Ale that he opened called Joint Resolution. Back in 2019, he was a new congressman, a freshman, and he tried to bring a six-pack onto the House floor, but he got stopped because alcohol is prohibited. So I guess when you're outgoing, you don't really care. No, that's it. Out the door. Dead man walking. A 42-year-old Michigan man has won a suit against his parents for destroying his pornography collection. David Working could collect up to 75 grand from his parents. He moved in with them after getting divorced in 2016, and a few months later, he discovered that 12, yes, 12 boxes 
of adult films and magazines were missing. His father confessed to the destruction in an email telling his son that he did him a big favor. <laughs> Court records show that the collection included more than 1,600 pornographic DVDs and videotapes, along with at least 50 sex toys and paraphernalia. David working. Uh, maybe your father did do you a favor. I mean, you did move in with him, it sounds like, after your divorce, so you might want to turn to some other type of collection. I mean, as many people know, DVDs aren't really around anymore. You just kind of downstream everything, and I don't think anybody wants any of those toys. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> maybe that's uh, an answer to why he's divorced. I don't know. That's a good question, and it could be. A police officer in California stopped a driver for a traffic violation and then learned that the driver had an outstanding warrant. As the driver was taken into custody, the officer discovered that the driver was working and on his way to deliver a pizza. In an online post, the police department says that while the arresting officer took care of the driver, another officer stepped in and delivered the pizza to a hungry citizen. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Word to the wise. I mean, if you're going to be delivering, imagine that you would want to make sure that you have a clean record. By the way, most of those types of places, they do background checks. So I don't know how that happened. Uh, so when the, the policeman delivers the pizza to your door, do you still have to tip them? I, I would be, I, well, that's, <laughs> well, most times it's a prepaid tip. So oh, well, okay. the gentleman who got arrested probably got the tip. Okay. Wow. Finally, for the world of sports, Los Angeles Lakers star Anthony Daniels spent part of his time on the bench during the team's final preseason game, clipping his toenails. Oh, boy. He trimmed his toes on a towel on the bench. Fans on social media and me, and probably Ken as well, were all fairly disgusted by this. What has happened to our sports? I mean, it's, I know it's a much different time now and all that, but can you ever imagine Brad Doherty <laughs> sitting on the sideline during a game or in a preseason game, taking his shoes and socks off and trimming his toenails? There's only one thing that would be better than that, and this is what it would be. Brad Doherty going to check in for the Cavs. Oh, hold on a minute. He's, he's still trimming his toenails. He'll be, he, he, they're going to have to wait till the next time out for him to come back into the game. His big toe still needs a little attention down there on the bench. Well, I guess, I guess you have to do what you have to do. There's reasons why he retired. He could not take what's going on now with some of this stuff. I mean, I, and I, I am not great on impressions, so I feel that. Oh, no, that's really good. Point out. That's a really good Joe Tate. Thank you. That was my, my idol, Joe Tate. And that is this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. One more show for 2020, Ken, and then we will get rid of this year. Get it out of here. I've really enjoyed doing the, ep the episodes with you, Ted. It's been a blast, but I can't wait for 2020 to end. I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Before we say goodbye... I have to tell you a quick story about uh, something that happened with my youngest son this week. I was getting him dressed for hockey, and so he's uh, two or three steps up so I can reach his legs to put his shin guards on without too much effort. And 
he can see the top of my head. Being a middle-aged man, there's a little bit of thinning going on at the front of my scalp. Okay. And my son says, Daddy, did you pull the front of your hair on your head out? Because it's not there anymore. <laughs> oh, boy. So I paused, and with my wife standing there, I said, yes, I did. It's because of the three of you. Oh, <laughs> very well done. That's great. So we're all, yeah, we're we're all, all thinning. thinning. Yep. It's just interesting those times when your kids notice something and wonder about it. You know, they also like to point out that I have some white hair. They don't let me forget that, but, you know, it is what it is. Don't you just like the bluntness? I mean, let's uh, just yeah, go yeah. right to it. Yeah, Why? Absolutely. What is going on here? What do you? I get that as well. We were. We used to play to keep them focused on breakfast. While we were at the dining room table, we would play I Spy. And one morning, one of them says, "I spy something white. Is it the drapes? Is it the ceiling?" You know, we guess for a couple minutes. No, no, none of those. Okay, what is it? And the kid says, "Daddy, it's your hair." <laughs> All what right. Do to, what do you say to that, Ken? Not the things that are going through your head in front of your children. I'll say That's that. True. So, That's yes. true. I pulled my driver's license out of my uh, pocket and said, my hair is brown. And that is what the state of Ohio legally <laughs> believes it to be. So you're wrong. You were wrong, sir. Good That's day. That's right. All right. Well, next week on the show, Cleveland.com's hometown hero for November, Sam Livingston is going to join us. He is a jack-of-all-trades and has a lot of interesting stories, so looking forward to hearing from him next week. Sam's involved in a little bit of everything, and uh, I think I imagine we'll probably learn a little something as we talk to him. Well, Ken, Merry Christmas. Ted, Merry Christmas to you, and Merry Christmas. All the best, everyone, all of our listeners and everything, and thanks again. And just as a reminder, we're just two middle-aged men from Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions. Ho, ho, ho.